The following sermon is by Dan Thomas, pastor and teacher at Community Church in Edwardsburg, Michigan. If you've never visited us at Community Church, we invite you to join us at 28647 US 12 West in Edwardsburg. And now, here is Pastor Dan Thomas. Okay, well, I have to start, actually, with a little bit of a Mother's Day apology. You know, I, I am I don't, I'm a, like a holiday, I don't know what this is called, a holiday sermon kind of guy. I mean, I like to have a sermon that kind of goes with the holiday. I mean, Easter's a no-brainer, Christmas is a no-brainer, Arbor Day, tons of sermons that go with that. Uh, but, uh, you know, Fourth of July, I like to preach on freedom or something, something like that. And I think, okay, this is, believe it or not, this is my 11th Mother's Day here. I think I skipped one because we had a grain grandson uh, getting dedicated. We were at a, out of time for that one. So this is my 10th Mother's Day sermon. And I really thought I want to sit down and come up with a good Mother's Day message because it's Mother's Day, right? And honestly, I was just like, I don't know. I feel like I've used them all. Every, every, everyone I know. I, I still remember last year's. It, it, it was good. I still remember it. It was about Sarah. Sarah was an imperfect mother with an imperfect husband, but had a perfect God. Amen? Let's go home. Okay. Uh, but that, that was the sermon uh, last year, I remember. So I have to confess to you, I do not have a Mother's Day message today. I'm sorry. So that's why, instead of that, I have two Mother's Day video cards. That was one. We have another one at the end, okay? The thing is, I like funny, but, you know, those don't go that well when I try that. <laughs> so uh, that was the funny one. And then we have the serious one at the end. So you do get a couple Mother's Day cards. But what we're going to do is go ahead and continue. We've been looking at the Sermon on the Mount. Uh, so we're going to go ahead and continue that look as we are in Matthew chapter 6. As you see, we're picking up there with verse number 19 and the words of Christ. As he says, do not lay up for yourself treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal. But lay up for yourself treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroys and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. I want to read the next few verses here. But let us remember that the book of Matthew more than even the other three gospels emphasizes that Jesus is the king. The book of Matthew starts off with a long genealogy, you know, so-and-so begat so-and-so begat so-and-so begat so-and-so, so it ties him into the kingship of David. And it is all about him as king, and of course, Jesus in his first little teaching time here, not little, big teaching time with his disciples, uh, is talking to them all about his kingdom. Okay, he's giving us, if you will, the, uh, what kingdom life looks like. Yes, last week we looked at what kingdom prayer looks like. Uh, this week we're probably looking more at what kingdom priorities look like. But he's saying, do not lay up for yourself treasures on earth. He goes on. Now these verses we're going to have to look at later because I wasn't sure when I read through them. Okay, how's that fit? The eye is the lamp of the body. So if your eye is healthy, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eye is bad, your whole body will be full of darkness. If then the light in you is darkness, how great is the darkness? Now, as we go back to the next verse, it fits back to what we said. No one can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other. So that's talking about here about living for this world's kingdom or living for the kingdom of God, or he will be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and money, or many translations use the word mammon there, God and mammon. Okay, so I, I got that. Okay, let me go back for a second and show you what I mean. I got this perfectly tied in with this one. 
Okay, and then they put this one in the middle. I was a little confused. So let's go back and look at them uh, all here for a second. Verse 21 says that for where your treasure is, there you'll be, your heart will be also. I, and I think the first thing that we need to realize that Jesus is teaching us here is these two things are inseparable. Okay, he's not saying this might happen. He's saying where your treasure is, that's where your heart's going to be. Wherever you're investing your wealth, your time, uh, your effort, your heart, whatever you're pouring that into, uh, I'm sorry, then the heart and the treasure are going to be side by side. Now, that is why pastors should preach about giving, okay? Not because God needs our money, but because God wants our heart. Okay, that was good enough. I need to repeat it. It wasn't mine. I, heard, I read it somewhere. Uh, but I should be preaching about money, not because God needs money, but because God wants our heart. So I should preach about giving. I love the fact that I can do that. And seriously, we have been, uh, you know, I, I didn't look exactly where we are, but somewhere at this point in the year, we're, we're getting, you know, four or five months into the year. We're roughly five to $10,000 ahead of budget. Things have been good. We were able to, uh, you saw the new roof over half the building. And that's paid for. We have the second half of the building lined up for later in the summer. That'd be paid for. Uh, we love that, that I'm not saying, oh, man, we are starving. Poor Pastor Josh has not been paid for weeks. Uh, and uh, not paid a lot, but he is paid. Uh, but uh, we go through, the, you know, I'm not, I'm not saying, you know, man, we just can't make it without it. God does not need our money, very, very simply. But God wants our heart. God never intended for us to be wrapped up in our investment on this earth. He never intended for material things to satisfy us or be our source of joy. I listened uh, this week. There was a graduation speech at Georgia Tech. I think I had this right uh, this past week by a guy by the name of Harrison Butker. I'm probably saying his name wrong. Am I know who Harrison Butker is? We have Chiefs fans, okay. Uh, he is the kicker of the Super Bowl champions, uh, Chiefs. And I loved watching some of his speech because he stood up there in front of the graduating class for Georgia Tech. And he says, you know what? I have two Super Bowl rings. But this ring on my finger right here is by far the most important ring I have. I love that. Because what he was saying, and then he went on and he said, hey, I want you to be successful at whatever you do and, and hope that you will. But he said, bottom line is, I, I hope that you focus on and invest in the things that are most important. And for me, this is by far the most important ring that I have. And he just talked about the importance. Of, well, that's the message here very much. Let's invest in the things that are important, not in the things that do not last. More of anything we'll find will never make me happy. So let me hit you with a bunch of preacher illustrations and cliches, okay? You probably heard this first one for sure. You never see a U-Haul following a... Yeah, okay, you got that one. You never see a U-Haul following a hearse. We know that idea. We can't take it with us, right? You can't take it with you, but you can send it on ahead. Have you ever heard that one? Another preacher cliche there. Okay, you can't take it with you, but you can send it ahead. And I think that is very much what Jesus is teaching here in this. Now, I've never really gone into detail on this or told you about that I'm a collector. Did you know I collect things? You know that? My collection, actually, I, I brought some of it with me today. Can you see what that is? No, it's not just rocks. Let, let's not be silly. Uh, this is, what is it? Asphalt. Yeah, it's pavement. I, I like, every year, you know, there's potholes and everything like that. So I go out and I collect what's broken up around the potholes. 
And if you'd come to my house, I have an incredible collection of asphalt that has broken up like this. And, uh, you know, it's, it's really great. I, I Actually, this was a whole piece when I came in, but I dropped it in the parking lot, kind of sad. Uh, and, and it broke. But you'd be impressed with my asphalt collection. It's very good. I invested in it. I, I have all this pavement. It is really good, okay? How stupid does that sound? Pretty stupid. Okay. What does the, if we're investing in the, the things of this earth, the material worth of this earth, the ultimate, we say, is gold. Let's get all the gold we can. In the kingdom of God, what is gold? Pavement. If you can think of it like that, the Bible says the streets of heaven are paved with pure gold. So as silly as it looks for somebody to say, hey, I'm collecting all the asphalt I can, all of the pavement that I can, it is just as silly for us to invest in the treasures of this world that do not last. Because as far as the kingdom of God is concerned, they are merely pavement. And I don't think we want to have a great collection of pavement. You know, the, uh, some of the pharaohs decided to defy the idea that you couldn't take it with you. I don't know if you remember your Egyptian history, but they decided to take it with them, put it in, putting it into the graves with them. In fact, in a couple of weird cases, uh, they even had their wives buried with them, and their wives were still alive. Uh, but they thought, we're taking her with me too. Uh, but uh, never worked out too well. They've all actually become victims of grave robbers, and uh, it just... It didn't work, okay? You cannot take it with you, but you can send it ahead. There's a story in Luke chapter 16 that Jesus told that baffles a lot of people. He was talking about the kingdom of heaven, and he told the story about a guy that was a dishonest manager for somebody. He managed a guy's uh, properties. He managed a guy's uh, wealth, and he was dishonest. And the guy was about to be found out. He was going to get in trouble. So what the guy did is he went and he cut deals with the different people that, this, uh, that owed money to his master. He went and cut deals. He said, I'll tell you what, you give me $500 now, we'll forget about the other $500, that type of thing. Uh, if you give me you know, part of it, we'll make this deal. And what he did is he took care of himself to make sure that when he got fired, uh, that he was still going to have some things. But the weirdest part of the story is Jesus doesn't condemn it. Jesus actually commends it because Jesus wasn't teaching about honesty and integrity. What he was teaching about is you need to be ready, if you will, for judgment day. That day is going to come when you're going to answer. You need to send th- You need to take care of it and, and put ahead. Are, are we doing that with our lives? Are we investing in eternity? Are we investing in things that will last beyond this life Hopefully we are because for where our treasure is, there our heart will be also. Now let me jump down to the other one that I said I get completely. No one can serve two masters. That goes with that uh, same idea that that makes sense. Because uh, we will serve either material things or they are going to serve us. And another idea that we need to make sure that we remember out of this is we will sacrifice for the thing that we worship. Okay, so then you turn that around and you say, okay, what is it that I'm making sacrifices for right now? What am I willing to sacrifice for? And is God even among those things, are eternal uh, things even that important to me? So let's, okay, by by the way, I want to make sure I say this kind of as caveat I'm not preaching against wealth. God doesn't say don't have wealth. He tells Timothy very plainly, don't trust wealth. Don't trust in it. Don't put your faith in it. Don't 
make that your God. And we do uh, many times have a tendency to do that. And I want you to understand that is a matter of great faith. I mean, just think about that with me for a second. If I'm trusting in the wealth of this earth, how temporal is it? What would happen if all of us and everybody else decided to go get our money out of the bank? You know what has happened? It's not even really even there. And we understand that. We have great faith, though, that somehow that will be there. Uh, so we put our faith and we put our, our trust in that. And many times that's what we're trusting in for our care, for our security. Uh, we're trusting in the things of this earth. And God says, don't trust in those. We can't serve two masters. Uh, you can't be the servant of that. You can't worship that and also worship me. Now, we'll come back and talk about that some more later. But let's go to these verses in the middle that I got a little confused by. How's this fit? It talks about you can either walk in the light or you can walk in darkness, and it talked about the eye. Well, where's that fit in with the master's thing and stuff like that? The eye very much has to do with our vision of how we're seeing life. Okay, if I am seeing life looking for and looking at and caring about the things of God and the kingdom of God, then I walk in the light. However, if I approach life with a miserly squint, I have dark eyes, I, uh, I've gotten a couple times this year to drive for some baseball teams from Edwardsburg, and I go to the games. Baseball has to be, I don't know if it's because it's slow moving. They have more cliches and things people yell from the uh, sideline, you know, all right, I uh, like that. But one of my favorite is, what, what do you hear anytime somebody walks? They got to walk. They're going to first base. What's everybody in the bench yell? Good. Good eye. Good eye. Good eye. <laughs> I want to yell, chicken swing, uh, but a good eye, man, that's a good eye, take, take that base, that's good. Well, what God is telling you is a good eye is an eye that is focused on eternal things, and then I am walking in the light, but, I, but an eye that is, again, kind of squinted in uh, selfishness, and the, the opposite then is true, that we end up walking in the darkness. Now... We're going to move on, but I want to uh, show you something here that's very important, and that is the first word. What is it? Therefore, okay, we are going to see this word keep showing up uh, as we read through here. We're going to see it two more times, therefore, and this is very important because when we read the Bible, we have a tendency, somebody went through and divided up into paragraphs for us. It wasn't God, but man did that to make it easier to read. That's good. I'm glad he did. Uh, somebody went through and put little subtitles on there. It wasn't God, uh, but uh, that's okay. I'm good with that. But the problem we get into a lot of times is we forget the context of things. Jesus is teaching here. He does not, when he gets done talking about the idea that you can't serve two masters, he doesn't say, okay. Now, we're going to take about 10 minutes, use the restroom, get yourself a cup of coffee, and get back in here. We're going to turn the page. We're going to talk about something totally different. Now, we're going to talk about not worrying. Okay? That's not what Jesus does. This flows right in with exactly what he was saying. Therefore, okay, live for the kingdom, and we're going to find out that this is God's prescription for dealing with worry and stress. Okay, living for the kingdom is the answer. Living for eternity, not for the things of this world that are temporary, is going to be the key to not be anxious about your life. Don't worry about what you're going to eat, what you're going to drink, nor about the body or what you're going to put on. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air. They neither sow nor they reap nor gather into barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they are. Folks, I, 
I am an animal lover. Really, I'm a little upset with our dog. No Mother's Day card for Francis, nothing. Uh, she was just like in her own little world. I don't know what was going on, but I, but I am. I, I like animals. I, I, I always have. But sometimes I'm just amazed. Uh, we were down in Florida a few years ago, and we got to stay on the, on the beach. And they had all these laws about you couldn't leave your lights on past 9 o'clock because the sea turtles might wander too far and not make it back. I was amazed. First of all, I was amazed that unborn, it was their eggs. I was amazed about the care for unborn sea tur- turtles compared to people, but I won't get into that right now. Uh, but, uh, you know, I was just amazed at how, my, how important they thought they were. I, I, I don't mean to be rude, and I, hopefully I won't offend anybody with this. I do love animals. I really do. But they are not on the same level as humans. Okay, they're not. Okay, we're unique creations in the image of God. And God says here very plainly, don't you have more value than they are? I cared for them. I cared for them. And the birds are a great picture of this there. You think of a carefree bird, uh, but a bird that works and takes care and digs for worms, everything like that. It's not like they're not doing anything, but then they sleep at night. They trust in their God. You know, it's not like they're just sitting there with their mouth open saying, feed me. They're doing things, but at the same time, they're trusting in God. You're not seeing them fly around still busy at night. If you see something flying, duck, it's a bat uh, at, at, at night. So uh, are you not more valuable than they are? God uh, wants us to understand this, that our peace is rolled into our understanding of eternity and our focus on his kingdom and not this world's kingdom. Jesus went on, and which of you being anxious can add a single hour to his lifespan? Rhetorical question. Some of you might have a translation that instead of hour, it says inch. That, that idea. Either way, <laughs> which of you by worrying can get a little bit taller? Uh, I worry and I get shorter. Uh, but uh, which, which of you can worry and get a little bit taller? Which of you can worry and add days to your life? It's not going to happen. In other words, it is a total waste of time. We'll look into that a little bit more in a minute. But Jesus goes on and he says, why are you anxious about your clothing? Consider the lilies of the field. How they grow, they don't toil or spin. Yet I tell you, even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. But if God has closed the grass of the field, which today is alive and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, that's what they would do with the grass back then. They'd use that to ignite the fires and get them going. Will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? Excessive focus on this life keeps us from focus on the kingdom of God. Not only that, it is according to Jesus, and the question he asked, a total waste of time. It's not going to accomplish anything. And in the words of Charles Spurgeon, he actually had a sermon with this title uh, encouraging us not to be rude to God because he says when we worry, when we are anxious uh, about things, we're basically insulting or or casting a shadow on the very goodness of God and saying we don't believe in that. So this is a big deal to God. But more than anything today, I wanted us to be tying the two together. Okay, because that's what Jesus did. He said, hey, live for the kingdom. Live for my kingdom. Make me Lord and center of your life. And therefore, you don't have to worry. You have to worry about the things that are going on in this life. Let me go on a little bit here. Therefore, do not be anxious. Here's another therefore saying, what shall we eat? What shall we drink? What shall we wear for the Gentiles? Seek after all these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you have need of them. But do what? Seek ye first the kingdom of God 
and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. We are called to be different. The Gentiles, okay, uh, saying those that are, that are, that are not follow, following me in this reference, that's what he's saying. They're living without God, and uh, we're called to be different. We're called to be living towards his kingdom. Now, it is Mother's Day, so I have to work in one story about my mother. It's probably highly inappropriate. I'm not even going to look at my wife when I tell it because she would have stopped me from telling it. Uh, so, uh, so we'll just talk to this side of the room right, right now we, uh, like that. I probably shouldn't even say this. My mother... Um, was uh, when she was 86 years old, she stayed for a while at our house to watch our dog for us. Again, we love our dog. Uh, and, uh, but she stayed to take care of the dog. Our dog, though, is the yappiest. <laughs> Some of you have been to our house. The dog won't stop barking. But, uh, but uh, we, uh, when we came back, my mother sitting there, she says, I can stop that dog from barking. And I said, really, Mom, how do you do it? She said, okay, here's the highly inappropriate part. Are you ready? She said, I just give her the finger. <laughs> uh, now, you have to understand, an 86-year-old mother, I said, what? And she said, you heard me. I said, Mom. She said, no, I go like this. Um, <laughs> so, okay, uh, now we understand. I said, Mom, why don't we rephrase that next time? How about I shake my finger at her? It uh, would be a good thing. Which, by the way, we really haven't found worked very well, works very well still. Uh, but Mom was convinced shaking the finger is going to stop it. But I'm going to take a minute and shake my finger at you here for a second. Okay? What's the scripture say? It says, seek ye what? First, the kingdom of God. The Apostle Paul said, there is one thing I do, pressing towards the mark, the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. Uh, there's one thing. And I want us to make sure that we understand that as far as God is concerned, there is no second place. There's just a first. And there's no diverse investments. In other words, when we're talking about this kingdom of God and investing in things that are eternal, it's not to be a, part, a portion of our portfolio. It is to be our all in all. Okay, let, let me try to explain that a little bit more. I, I really believe that many of us see our lives uh, divided into sections. Okay, let's say this right here is our spiritual life. Whatever you want to put in there. Spending time with God alone, church, uh, service uh, for others, whatever you want to put in here. Okay, here's my family life. That's awfully important, right? Uh, here's my work life. Here's my recreational life, the fun uh, things I do here, and you could go on. You have different areas. You have education. You have everything like that. But we see our lives at the, as this pie chart, and we see this spiritual section here. And for the most part, as long as we do have a spiritual section, we're happy. And if it's growing, we're even happier. Hey, this is great. We're moving. I'm going to tell you that that is completely the wrong way to look at it. Okay, I really believe that is totally the wrong way to look at it. Listen, uh, I'm going to be old man here for a second. I know it, but uh, I got to say our lives today, this world today. Now, we can fight about whether the good old days were better or not. If you want to have that fight. How many think the good old days were better? The old people. Yeah. Uh, how many think? Yeah, I'm not sure I want to live back then. Uh, it's not. We could fight about that all day. I'm not saying, oh, the good old days were better, but I can say this. The good old days, the days when I grew up, were not nearly as busy. 
Okay, I can guarantee you of that. As a kid, I didn't have near as many options to be involved in. I remember coming home, eating dinner as a family pretty much every night, sitting on the porch. Mom and dad would smoke their cigarettes, and, and we'd sit out there and listen to the baseball game. All right, for the 60s and 70s. Uh, but that, that's, that's what we did, okay? Uh, and life was much slower. Now, with my kids, it stepped up. There was a lot more things they could be involved in, a lot more different sports, a lot more different activities, a lot more going on. More and more, you have two income families now instead of one income family and many need that and they, and they keep going forward and now we have another generation and what has happened and the more the easier life becomes it becomes busier I'm not even going to argue about that one okay you can argue with me about the good old days I get that they weren't really better I, I understand but I'm not going to argue about busier we are busier all the time and pastors will say, hey, honestly, what used to be re where regular church attendance and people who call at your church used to be there uh, basically five out of six Sundays or six out of seven Sundays. Now, if they come one out of seven, they're like, hey, I'm a regular church attender there. And we see stuff like that all the time. Now, I'm not saying this to attack at this point. That's not where I'm going at all. What I'm saying is our lives are stinking busy. And if we have a section carved out for spirituality, if we have this over here, it's going to come constantly get squeezed okay and you're going to fight to have something you know more of a spiritual life here but it's going to constantly get attacked and there's going to be something else and folks if you're honest with me I think you can connect with this and relate to this because this happens in our life all the time I've mentioned this before I, I you know on days when I get up in the morning I think well I'm a little too busy to stop and pray and read the Bible I'll do it later what usually happens <laughs> yeah forget that uh, because the day got busy and it got, you know, whittled down to where I didn't have any time left like that. So what I am saying about this idea of there's no second place. Okay, listen, false gods, they're good with sharing time. Have you ever noticed that? We're good. We can have multiple gods. Yeah, we're good. You can have a god for this and god for that and everything like that. But the god is not good with sharing time. Okay? What's the first commandment? Have no other gods before me. Okay, where's it? You know, that's 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 the top thing. He is not good with sharing your time. He's not good with taking a part of your life. He wants it all. So it is more important than ever. I'm going to say this, that God be the center of not just one section of our life, but God be the center of our family life. God be the center of our fun life. God be the center of our work life. God be the center of my educational life. You get it? That's what he's saying here, that this kingdom is not like for, to be a part of your life. And hey, if we're growing in Jesus, we're going to expand that little section. I don't think so. I think if we're growing in Jesus, it's, it's basically all about him and the kingdom. Seek ye first the kingdom of God in everything that we do. Does that make some sense? Okay, hopefully we get that. You can tell there's, you know, sometimes I come in with, boy, I really hope we can get this across. I have mentioned this idea before, but I still think that we have this pie chart in our head. Here's my spiritual life. That's not what it's all about. This kingdom living is for every day, every aspect of our life, very, sim very simply. And I want to glorify God in the way that I'm a husband. And I want to glorify God in the way that I treat my kids, my grandkids. I want to glorify God in the way I, <laughs> don't start laughing, play softball. Um, but, <laughs> yeah, just that image is funny, I know. Uh, but I, I pickleball, uh, whatever. And, uh, you know, every different area like that has to be about him and him first. Okay, and that's where I want to grow to. Not just have, well, well I've been doing pretty good at getting to church. Good, great. I'm happy. 
Gives me something to do on Sunday mornings. <laughs> if you weren't here, it'd be really lonely. Uh, but the but that's you know, like I said, we have this. Okay, that is my spiritual life. No, your spiritual life is twenty four seven all the time. Okay, walking with God, and we want to get that. Now I got to go into the last verse uh, of chapter six with you, and I want to warn you. It's a little bit rough. Therefore. Do not be anxious about tomorrow, for tomorrow will be anxious for itself. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. That's what I mean is kind of rough. <laughs> what the pastor say today? He said, oh, things are bad, but they'll get worse. Don't worry. Uh, there's some more bad stuff coming down the line. But really, when you think about our, our lives, we pick your fear. You know, just go and watch the news and pick your fear. What do you want to be afraid of? You want to be afraid of global catastrophes? Okay, you can have that. I was talking to a guy in my neighborhood that used to go to Florida every winter. I just talked to him, and I said, hey, you were around this winter. You didn't go to Florida. He said, no. He said, I sold my place down there. He said, it's going to be underwater in eight years. I said, okay. Uh, <laughs> and maybe he's right. Uh, I don't know. If you want to get to Disney World, better get down there now. Uh, but, uh, you know, he's, he's living, living with that one. I, I saw an article this week that was talking about this uh, gain-of-function, you know, stuff with the diseases. And uh, there's, there, they still have different things they're working on. The article I said said they're trying to develop a, a more contagious Ebola. <laughs> Good. Uh, that's good. Yeah, that's great. That's better than frosted flakes. I don't understand that. Um, you know, are you worried about economic collapse? Are you? I mean, somebody might, might be, for sure. We have plenty of things we can. How about nuclear war? I mean, it's, it's a possible. There are plenty of things out there that if I want to, and we have a world that uses fear to manipulate. So they're always feeding it. I wonder why we have so much mental problems and sickness and everything like that. Because we pound fear at people all the time. We do. It's just, hey, here's something else you can be afraid of. Here's something else that, uh, that, you, can, that, you, that you can worry about. Now, let me be negative one more time before I'm positive. We have no idea what is coming in the next year. I wanted to mention this by way of prayer request, and this is hard to share, but I, I did want to mention it today. One of our ladies, Cindy Fulmer, um, they usually sit right back there, uh, Mark and Cindy. But uh, Cindy, I heard earlier in the week that her mom had passed away, and I, I thought yeah, maybe she was, uh, Cindy's younger than I am, but maybe her mom was a little older. I didn't know if she'd been sick or whatever like that. And I texted her, but didn't get any details until this morning, and she said no. She said she was in a car accident. And died very suddenly. She said it was, you know, some guy was going, you know, four times the speed limit, and and uh, and it was it was a tragic thing. And she said we're on our way there now to Ohio for the service. And I thought, I'm thinking last week at this time she wasn't thinking that'd be how she spent her Mother's Day. And I think you know some of you can look and say, yeah, a year year ago at this time I wasn't thinking this would have happened or this would have happened or anything like that. So how are we to navigate this world that is filled filled with trouble and that we know, uh, you know, Jesus said, you know, that the next days may have it. And again, I think we need to come back to the the key being living for the kingdom of God. Living for the kingdom of God. Because then I see things with an eternal perspective. And listen, I, uh, okay, again, my old age here, I, I, I check the weather a lot. 
It's pretty much a sign of old age, isn't it? Uh, but, I, you know, I'm on, on my phone. I got the South Bend weather. I got the Niles weather. I got the different places where my different family members live on there. And then I have the places that we're going to go this summer. Now, why I care what the weather is like now, I don't know. But I do. I check it. Hey, we're going to be. Hey, it's 85 there now, honey. Uh, pretty, pretty nice. We're going we're gonna to be there. But um, I, I do check the weather a lot. When I look at that, if I see... Um, just cloud, 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 cloud all week. Do you ever look at our weather around here and see that? And you just, I don't even feel like going. Now, but if I see clouds today, maybe in clouds tomorrow and clouds the next day, but somewhere down the line, there's this big yellow ball in my little picture on the phone. I can get up and go. You know, I, I don't feel bad at all. I'm like, eh, that's okay. It's coming. This, what, what we're going through right now is temporary. If we can get a hold of that idea, what I'm going through right now is temporary. See, because my focus is not on the kingdom of this earth. My focus is on eternity. That makes all the difference in the world. See what Jesus is saying here. He wasn't just randomly, okay, yeah, live, live for me, can't live for two. Now, let me talk about this. Don't worry. Okay, great advice. Don't worry. How's that, how's that work for us? No, he's given us the remedy. He's not just saying, don't worry. He's saying, kingdom living Involving putting me first, involving prioritizing the, th the things of God, putting that first, and investing in things that are more valuable than this stuff. Okay? We're investing in things that last. That is the key to having this peace of mind. Okay, before we close in prayer, I'm going to go ahead and no, let, let us pray now. I'm sorry. And then we'll show you the last Mother's Day ca card before I have just a couple more things here. Father, <laughs> yeah, God, I, I sometimes look and I think um, I don't want to just spill out cliches, and yet I want to, I know that this is something that really will radically change our lives. I know that, Lord. I, I know that when the more we focus on eternity and you, it changes, you know, talking about that, that light, that vision, that, that eye, it just changes how we view everything. It changes how we look at death. It changes how we look at, uh, you know, everything as far as our finances and the things that are important and our priorities. Lord, shape us into folks who live for your kingdom, I pray. Lord, even during this time, would you show us um, what you brought us here this day to teach us about kingdom living. And may we obediently respond to the king who has conquered death, to the king who rules and reigns, and to the king who laid down his life for us, I pray in your name. Amen. You've been listening to Pastor Dan Thomas of Community Church in Edwardsburg. For more information about the church, you can visit our website, edwardsburg.church. You may also contact the church via email, info at edwardsburg.church, or call us at 269-663-2648. Thank you for listening.